Mr. Benfica is a production of the PTB Media Network. All rights reserved. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, Overcast, Himalaya, Pod Paradise, TuneIn, Breaker, and now available on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and also on Audible for Amazon Prime subscribers. As always, select episodes available on YouTube and, of course, at www.mrbenfica.com. Please like, share, and rate the show on your preferred platform. Enjoy the show. Welcome. Episode 121 starts right now. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho and I am here for you on this Monday night talking Benfica. Like I said, this is a double episode if you're watching live YouTube on on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. We are live right now and we're starting off in this first hour. We're going to talk about the women's team tonight and what they accomplished over the weekend. They are on their way to the second round of qualifying in the UEFA Women's Champions League. And if any of you followed along with me, I did I did post uh, links to the games when they were available. And if you watched, I mean, I have to start off right off the bat saying what a nightmare of a production for this, this uh, Benfica women's round in the UEFA Women's Champions League. I'm going to go to the YouTube right now. I mean, the, the first game was only available on YouTube, okay? And it was Benfica playing against Kiriat Gat, and Benfica were... This match was in Sarajevo, okay? At the National Training Center of Sarajevo, okay? Or of, of Bosnia, I should say. Their national, their national um, training center. Now, BTV, for whatever reason, did not just simulcast this this stream off of YouTube like they did last year. I don't know why. This would have fit in perfectly before Benfica's men's match against PSV. I don't know why they didn't do that. They showed, they were showing like, uh, were they? they were showing one of their studio shows. It wasn't even a pregame for the men. It was just a studio show. But let me tell you what kind of hit this Benfica women's match was. I'm going to share the screen with you. Actually, I'm not going to do that because they're going to take my stream down if I do that. But I'm looking at um, where the match posted. Okay, The match was played live on SFK 2000 Sarajevo's YouTube page. That's where you had to go to watch this match. I did find it minutes before kickoff. And it was Benfica taking on Israeli champion uh, Kiryat Gat. Okay, SFK 2000 Sarajevo currently has 617 subscribers to their YouTube channel. Okay, their match, their own match against Kariat Gat, uh, um, which was this past Saturday, had 970 views. Benfica versus Kariat Gat, my friends, 21,000 views on uh, SFK Zarievo's YouTube channel. That's how big we are. We just, we just broke their record 
for views of their men's or women's team. Basically, that channel had never seen so many views. And quite honestly, this was a horrible, horrible broadcast. Um, literally, it took me back to the old days. It took me back to my days as um, you know, as a staff coach here in the United States at the third level in the USL. And a lot of the scouting that I used to do, either there or even as a high school coach here in the United States, I did a lot of. I did. I enjoyed the scouting. That was one of the things I really enjoyed doing. Watching this match looked like one of the scouting tapes I made myself with one camera in the top row of the bleachers in a small stadium. That's really what they had. They had one camera, no commentary. So I had no idea who the players on Kiriat got were. Absolutely no idea. Okay, I had. It was a fuzzy picture too. I mean, it was it was not clear even who some of the Benfica players were at times. But at least at least we had a, a stream because I would have lost my mind if I didn't have a stream for it. So let's uh, start off there, okay? Let's start off with that match. I'm bringing it up here on my sofa score because they have the stats there. Um, be, as I pull that up here, it was just a. Difficult match. I mean, the first match, I wouldn't say it was difficult, but Kiriak got were were playing a very defense-minded, um, a very defense-minded, t- uh, their methodology came out very defensive, and Benfica, like they, they're used to seeing, okay? It was not that different from what we normally see in the Liga BPI. Um, and I'm going to bring up Benfica's lineup right now. I'm pulling it up. I'm just having a little issue here on my phone pulling it up. But Benfica came out of the, came out in this match and they knew they had to win. So let me just refresh you on the format this year. It's a different format. It's a new format um, and it's only for this year. So it was it was uh, UEFA put these teams in pods of four for this round. Okay, Round one was really two rounds, not one. It was a final four. There were 11 final fours, okay? I think it was 11. Final fours spread across Europe with one host team in each pod. Benfica were in a pod and they played in Sarajevo. Why in Sarajevo and not at Seychelles when Benfica were clearly the best team in this, in this, uh, well, actually, I'm going to answer my own question right now. Benfica were not the highest ranked team in the UEFA coefficient, but they were by far the best team in this pod, okay? And they came... Uh, they went into this these matches here, and we'll start with with the one with uh, Kiriak got. I have now the lineups here. Um, we'll start with the visitors, or not the visitors, but our opponents on the day. The Israeli champions, Kiriak got. Okay, their average age is twenty five point nine years. Their goalkeeper was Fortuna Rubin, four in the back, and they're four three one two. They played a pretty defensive formation against us. Uh, and Nicole Ratisi is the right back. Lior Edri is the center back, along with Carol Aruda, a Portuguese name there. I believe she is actually a Portuguese a Portuguese player. They actually had a play. I'm gonna double check that, but it doesn't tell me. But she, I'm pretty sure she is actually a Portuguese player. Shahar Nakav, the left back, three in midfield in in the three woman defensive midfield. You have Alina Metkalov. Uh, in the center with Opal Soffer to her right and Sandrina, Brazilian player, to her left. Genevieve, uh, Genevieve Mebelec is in the number 10 position behind the two strikers, Peace Efi and Yarden Ozel. So, Philippa Paton comes out rotating the squad off the bat. I, I like the way she did this. I think she scouted these teams well. I think she knew exactly what she was up against. And um, she basically rotated the squad. They played a little different than we're used to seeing this Benfica women's team play. They went to a 4-3-3 with changes from what we normally see. But I liked it because the team was fresher and stronger on Saturday. Is it a gamble? Yeah, it's a little bit of a gamble because you got to win the first round match in order to get to the second. And they called this all round one, like I said. But it was really a Final Four format. And of which each 14 pod, one team was going to come out. Okay, so Befica would line up this way in the first match against Kiriat. Got average age 24.2 years. A very young but but very um, entering its prime Benfica side here. 
Lele is the goalkeeper as as usual, and how I can't even stress how much better this team got when Lele came in and became our goalkeeper. This team went from good to very very good, just with that one change. And then you add in the addition, you know, the switch from Luis Andrade to to Felipe Patão as manager, and this team blew up. I mean, those two decisions won us the Liga BPI last season. So. And the reason is Lele is so good with her feet, and she can play so far out of the goal. She knows that the competition does not have the players to beat her from 60 or 65 yards. So a lot of times when we're attacking, she is only 5, 10 meters behind the midfield line. She's always there as an option to pass. It's almost like she plays exactly like a flying goalkeeper in, in futsal. And she's always there in support. And Befica are able to really dominate the the tempo, the rhythm. And they are able to possess the ball in these matches the way they want. It's like they have an extra player because this goalkeeper can do all this for them. And the competition is ju- so far is just not good enough to punish us for that. Whether it be in Portugal or even in Europe with the exception of course of a team like Chelsea who last year, you know, beat knocked us out. That's where we went out in the round of 32. Was to Chelsea, but even then I I can't imagine we would have been much much closer against Chelsea had had we had Lele in the team and if Felipe Paton was managing the team. I firmly believe that now after 6 months or so of proof and of evidence of seeing how the team plays, you know, with those two additions, those two changes. It would have been a much, much better uh, round against Chelsea. And I, I spoke on, on Twitter to some of you, and I think it was Dave um, in the UK there um, that said that even even Chelsea, if we drew them, it wouldn't be the same as it was last year. We're far better now. And I agree. And remember, we were playing... <laughs> We were playing with some players at that time that we no longer have, and our goalkeeping was 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 probably our weak link last year uh, in the Champions League. So now with Lele, like I said, we are a, a whole lot better. So moving on, the four in the back for this one, the rotation looked like this: Matilde Fidalgo, famous for being the cousin of of uh, Bernardo Silva, gets the start at right back for this one. Ana Cesa moves into the starting lineup and partners with Carol Costa, and. Lucia Alves gets the start at left back. Okay, only one change, well, a couple changes there. So Felipe Paton decides to rest. Um, decides to rest. Um, Silvia Gabilu and Katarina Amado in in this one. So in midfield, Pauleta gets the start as always in the hole in the number six. She is so good at that position. And in this match, she has Beatriz Cameron to her right, and she has Andrea Faria to her left. The attack in this one, Ana Vitoria gets the start up front, partnering with Nicole Raisla and, of course, Canada International, Chloe Lacasse, the star of our team, Chloe Lacasse. No question about it. Uh, so that's the 4-3-3 that Felipe Paton puts out there. And... you. Benfica come out, they dominate. There's no question about it in this first one. Completely dominant, okay? Completely dominant against this this Israeli side. However, with all the dominance, unable to break down this stubborn defense from the from the Israeli side. Of course, there were some real real good opportunities. Uh, Chloe had a great opportunity in the first half that she she squandered. Um, also, Nicole. Not quite at her at her level that we're used to yet. Nicole getting in good positions, but her finishing left some to be desired in this one. Um, but again, a lot of good movement. And also noticeable by her absence in the starting 11, of course, is, is our other real star. Uh, and the future star of Portuguese women's football, Kika Nazaré. Okay, so she stays on the bench in this one too. But... Again, Portugal just... I'll, I'll give you some of the statistics for this one. Um, and actually, uh, SofaScore doesn't even have... <laughs> doesn't even have much of the statistics available here. But, again, Benfica just had the ball all the time in this match. They were moving it. They were passing it. They were connecting the passes. Uh, they were making runs, overlapping. You're getting good work from both outside backs. Lucia Alves continues to ascend as a left back. I mean, she is 
She's not spotting Joana Marchão yet. That that spot in the national team belongs to Joana Marchão. But Lucia Alves is really ascending and climbing and, and getting herself in position to take over that spot or at least to compete for that spot this season. Um, of course, you see on the on the screen, don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I talk about how I was tweeting during this game. It's at Mike Agustinho. That's at M-I-K-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. And you can follow the show at Benfica Mister. Those are the two Twitter handles, okay? And I, during the women's games, I'm usually very um, active. I don't always like to be active on Twitter while games are going on because I feel like I miss stuff. But this match, I had no commentator. <laughs> I'm watching this. So I'm watching the processes of the buildup and watching the runs Benfica are making and watching, you know, the way they're lining up defensively, having to figure it all out, you know, with nobody really doing the commentary and I'm watching this during work mind you no less during work I'm watching this so I have one eye on the match over there and my other eye is over here on my work my work computer so again this was this was brutal to to try to sit and watch and analyze but finally we come out in the second half okay and we get three substitutions at halftime from Felipe Patel and I think this was the plan all along I don't think this was due to what was going on in the match Okay, at this point, we had already known that SFK Sarajevo had been eliminated, okay? We knew that Rossing of Luxembourg had already won, They okay? Uh, for whatever reason, the home team played early in the day, in the hotter part of the day. Also, we had two, two cooling breaks in this match, which is kind of funny to me because I went and looked at the temperature at that time online in Sarajevo. It was like 79 degrees. I thought it had to be a little, and I'm talking, of course, in, in Fahrenheit. Uh, in Celsius, I'm, I'm not sure what that is. Um, I don't go ahead and put it in put it in your Google machine, and, and I'll tell you what it is in Celsius. But it's not that hot. It's hotter than that every single day here where I am in, in New England in the northeast corner of the United States. So funny. I thought it was funny that they had cooling breaks in this one. But anyway, three substitutions made at halftime by Filippo Patel. In comes... Kika Nazaret, no question. She replaces Beatriz Camiron. Uh Katarina Amadu, one of my favorite players on this team. I'm I'm always blowing up, hyping up this player because I love the way she plays this game. And um, you know, I love the way her family is so supportive. Her, her family is really supportive of this show, also. They they have reached out to me, though they don't necessarily understand all the English that that I speak. You know, they don't understand English quite enough to understand some of the jargon and some of the some of the slang I might use but they're very supportive of this show so I want to give a shout out to Katarina Amado's family especially her aunt Tita who is uh, a good friend of the show she comes on from Matilde Fidalgo and our new signing this girl is good I mean our new Brazil international signing Valeria Silva replaces another Brazil international Nicole Raisla and it doesn't take long and finally in uh, the 52nd minute, Chloe gets taken down in the box. She gets cut down. We got a penalty. So when all else fails and when we were struggling to find the back of the net, struggling to find that final piece, that final delivery, and the final touch into the goal, we get a little assistance from the other team. Uh, they they take down Chloe in the box. Up steps Ana Vitoria to take the penalty kick. Makes no mistake. Befica take the lead 1-0 in the 52nd minute. And it was only three minutes later that Chloe sets up uh, Ana Vitoria for another goal. And Ana Vitoria quickly doubles. Okay, she doubles her tally, opens her scoring this season with two goals here in the space of three minutes in the second half. Befica 2, Kriatgat nil. Uh, Kriatgat will respond by making a substitution. Uh, in comes Kieran or Irdi for Yerdin Malka Ozel. Uh, we get another penalty kick in the 59th minute, again drawn by Chloe Lacasse. And this time the Canadian takes the ball herself, puts it down. She decides to take the penalty kick, however, however, uh, her kick is a little too soft and a little too far into the center of the goal. The goalkeeper, Fortuna Rubin, does not guess. She waits, she reacts, and she's able to reach and save it. So the score remains 2-0 at that time. And... Uh, a little disappointing for Befica because they could have made it 3-0 there and it could have been really game, set, match at that point. And disappointing, of course, for Chloe, our top scorer last season overall. 
And, um, you know, she's going to want to be the top scorer this year. And she's going to get competition to be the top scorer because I think Kika Nazareth being in the team and being in the starting 11, being the key focal player that she is from the start of the season, she's going to score a whole ton of goals this year in the league of BPI. I mean, she, she led the team in the second phase last year in the championship phase of the league of BPI, but across the entire season, both phases, the qualification and the championship, Chloe Lacasse was our, was our top scorer. Now, this season, there's none of those faces. It's a traditional league, okay? Each team is going to play each other twice, and the champion will be crowned on the final day um, in the League of BPI. Back to normal in the League of BPI. Last year was kind of a, mod- a modified season, a modified format for uh, for the for the season due to the previous season having been cut short. So on comes Valeria, like I said. Chloe makes up for her missed penalty kick, though, by setting up Valeria with her first goal in a Benfica kit on her debut. The Brazil international Valeria, the number seven, the new number seven, scores 3-0 to Benfica in the 69th minute. And Felipe Patão continues to rotate the squad a little bit. In comes Maria Negrão for Andrea Fria, a swap, a like-for-like swap in midfield. And what's nice is a homegrown player for a homegrown player. It's it's all good. I love seeing the way this team has developed from the youth level into the first team. And now we have a core group in this team that is all homegrown. Okay? We have a core homegrown in this team. Okay? They've come through the ranks. They Some of them have even come through the U19s, through the B team, into this first team. And um, it's been great because they, they have displaced internationals. If you've watched the way that this team has evolved over the three seasons or four seasons, it's been in existence. Three, three seasons it's been in existence, okay? It has evolved. We started off by buying a bunch of international players, and one by one our homegrown players are going in replacing them, okay? We had Yasmin and we had Diane as our two outside backs, remember? They've been displaced by Katrina Malu and by Lucia Alves. These were players we paid a lot of money for. Uh, Darlene, our first captain and our first top goal scorer. Once Kika came on the scene, Darlene is now at Flamengo. She went back to Brazil because her salary no longer was warranted when we're developing our own talent in-house. And her playing time was was diminished. She had an injury too. Darlene had an injury. So, But in that opportunity, young Kika steps in and she's not giving that spot back. And speaking of Kika, it is Kika in the 40th minute who gets a ball from the substitute Maria Negrão. Kika makes it 4-0 to Benfica. And already the second match of round one is in sight, the final of this little pod. Benfica see out the result in a match, again, well-managed. The the minutes were well-managed in this one by Filippa Patel. I really, really... Really like the way she manages and coaches this team. I like the tactics. I like the the methodology. I like the psychology she uses. I like the intent that the team has. Very much on the front foot, no matter who they're playing. Okay. So, Benfica advance. As I said, Racing had already beaten Sarajevo uh, S, uh, SFK. So, we move to that match now. And it's Racing FC Union from Luxembourg versus Sport Lisboa Benfica again in the National Training Center in Sarajevo, Bosnia Herzegovina. The lineups in this one, okay, starting with uh, the Luxembourg, the champions of Luxembourg here, Racing FC, uh, with some as has, this game on on gold on BTV by the way, so. The huge spike the SFK Sarajevo YouTube page got from that first match came way back down to earth because people were able to watch this on on BTV. But all they did was take that YouTube feed, put it up on BTV, and have Valdemar Duarte call the game, you know, do his play-by-play. So, uh, Andrea Burton is the goalkeeper for the Luxembourg, is it Luxembourgis, Lux- Luxembourgi side, um, the side from Luxembourg. Uh, they play four two three one as well, and or I should say, it's slightly different than what Kiriakat played. Alexia Richards is the right back. Priscilla, uh, Priscilla, uh, Rinaldi, and Catherine Thony are the two center backs. Kimberly Dush Santos is the left back, and Valdemar Duarte 
points out the the Luzofinous names in the team. He's not saying that they're necessarily Portuguese, but the names are Portuguese, meaning they're coming from, you know, Portuguese speaking parts of the world or their their roots are. And we do know that Luxembourg was a destination for Portuguese immigration, not, you know, a generation ago. And a large portion of the population in Luxembourg is Portuguese, so it's very you know, it's not surprising to see some Portuguese names um on some of these players. Double pivot in midfield Caroline Kor and Edina Kokan in the center. While Ilodi Martins, Francine Idoa, and Julie Wojila uh, make up the attacking midfielders behind the striker Marlis Nodomkuk. For Philippa Patão, she makes a couple changes. Like I said, the average age of this first 11 goes from 24 point change to 25. So still, we have a very young team, a very good core. When We have a whole slew of players about to enter their prime. Uh, Lele in goal, of course. Katarina Madu returns to the starting lineup. She's in as the right back. The usual center back pairing is back as Silvio Rebelu replaces Anita Saisa. And she partners back up with Carol Costa. While Lucia Alves is once again the left back. And she has solidified herself in that spot. No question. When she was in Mefica the first time. When we when we signed her from Valadares Gaia. Okay. She was a forward. Uh, she played up in the front. And much like Diogo Salves and much like Gilles Dias, that Benfica mentality or that Benfica wisdom, if you want to call it, it goes all the way back to Miguel, you know, way back in the early 2000s. And then Fabio Contrão, João Pereira, okay, these are all players, Nelson, uh, Nelson Semedo, all players we took that were forwards and turned them into very good outside backs. No difference here on the women's side with Lucia Alves and with Katarina Amado, to be honest. Katarina Amado was also once upon a time a forward. Now she's a wingback and a very good one. And for me, the best one there is in Portugal. And she should have been, and going forward should be, Portugal's starting right back. She is a lot better than Monica Mins. She is better than Ana Borges, no question about it. Okay, plus you can play both of them if you play Katarina uh, in the back and Ana Borges in front. So Francisco Neto, the national team manager in the upcoming international window, has that. But he, I, for me, he has to start playing Katarina Madu each and every match in the national team. She's, she's, she has surpassed the rest of the right backs in the team. Um, in midfield, Paleta, as always, in the whole. Uh, Ana Vitoria slides back from forward to midfield in this one and plays next door on the right. Andrea Faria once again starts on the left. Up front, Kika is inserted in the striker role. It's a front three. Valeria. Uh, Valeria replaces Nicole in the in the starting lineup, and Chloe returns as the left forward. And it didn't this one was was a lot less uh lot less of a strain on on the psyche, a lot less of a strain on, on the heart in this one because Benfica got on the board right in the second minute, okay? And it is the one I was just talking about, the one I dare I say uh, approaching world class. Katarina Amadu, that's right, Katarina Amadu scores the right back, gets a goal in the second minute on a feed from Pauleta. Benfica take the lead early, 1-0, very, very early. And the side from Luxembourg is completely shocked. Their whole plan is out the door. The park-the-bus mentality, you know, the deep-lying lines that they saw the Israeli side do successfully enough to stay in the game as long as they did just wasn't going to work for them. And um, a lot of hard fouls from the from this uh, side from Luxembourg. Uh, Julie Wojila will see a yellow card in the 16th minute, but there was a whole lot of fouls. Valdemar Duarte at one point in his commentary says, "Well, you know, they tackle hard, but they don't tackle well. They get the they get the the player every time instead of the ball." But that really was what it looked like. Uh, but in the 21st minute, Andrea Ferio with the ball feeds Valeria Silva, and the Brazil international can adds to her tally here in her first season in her first weekend. In a Benfica kit, and must I say, I got to pause here for a minute to say just how phenomenal Benfica look in an all-white kit. Both matches they played all white, uh, as both teams were were wearing colors that were in color conflict with our red kits, but they didn't wear the black shorts. This was a weekend of the white kit, and, and I have to say, 
I love Benfica in white when they're not in red. I love watching Benfica play in white when they are not in red. Um, and then we saw the men over the weekend play in the white shirts with the black shorts. Those look good, but they don't look Benfica. The women played in the white shorts with the white tops. It was all. It was. It was phenomenal. It, it looked fantastic, and they played fantastic as well. This game, they really, they really um, took to this team. Really control. They were the boss in this one, and uh, a couple of yellow cards for for Rossing in the thirty third and thirty ninth. First, it's Kimberly Dos Santos in the thirty third, and then Ilodi Martins in the thirty ninth in the fortieth. Yes, the crack. She comes up big. The the star, the future, Kika Nazare scores in the 40th. And she scores in the 42nd as well. On the 42nd minute, she was set up by Chloe Lacasse. Count it. That's three assists for Chloe already this season. Um, and Kika, that's three goals for Kika as well. So they're off to a great start. Uh, Befica, go into the halftime. Go into the halftime. Team talk. With a 4-0 result, book your trip to the next round, to the round of 32, I want to say it is. Uh, We're one step from the first ever Women's Champions League group stage. And Philippa Patel, once again, is going to get the the squad rotation going because it's a lot of minutes in a short time. You know, the season's still a bit of a ways away. It's not, we're not playing twice a week the way the men are here. Uh, so she and she's got to get minutes for everybody. So it's like a a hybrid of preseason slash early season football. Uh, so she's rotating like it's you know like there's fixture congestion, and she's also treating it in a way like preseason to me because she's trying out different things. Especially when you're up four nil, it's time to experiment and time to learn something. So in comes Mar- Marta Sintra for Lucia Alves, and in comes. Nicole Raisla for Anna Vitoria. Anna Vitoria puts in a total of of 135 minutes across these two matches. Plays all of the semifinal and then plays half of this one. Nicole played all of the previous one. She's going to play half of this one. So it, it, it very much tells me that the man, minutes are being managed in these matches. A couple more Luzo uh, Luxembourgi players come in. Is it Luxembourgi? Is it Luxembourgish? Is it Luxembourgish? Burger. I don't know what the exact denonym is for a person from Luxembourg, but Claudio Velozu replaces Adina Kokan, and Katarina Teixeira replaces Alexa uh, Richards. Another yellow card for Racing. It's Francine Edoa in the 60th, and then more changes for Benfica on the hour mark. Again, like I said, it, this says uh, minutes, you know, minute management, load management, whatever you want to call it. Christy Ochebi comes in. Almost didn't recognize her with her long hair. I think she's wearing a weave. I'm not sure. Is it, is that something? Do do Can you play football in a weave? She had real short hair last season. Now she's got long dreads. Um, almost didn't recognize her. She replaces Kika. Maria Negron is in once again. She's replacing uh, Pauleta. And Beatriz replaces Andrea Faria. So uh, all five substitutions made by Felipe Patom. Within the first hour. Uh, for Racing, they're going to make a couple substitutions of their own. Betty Noel comes in for Kimberly Dos Santos in the 72nd, as does Gabriela de Lemos, another uh, Portuguese name there. Uh, she replaces Julie Wojila, and Chloe Luthart replaces Marlies Nubdubunk um, in the 80th minute. In the, 80, in the 90th now with the match. Starting to tail away. I don't know why the referee in a match like this that was so controlled, why she had to give so much stoppage time. I know the rules. However, it was 4-0. She decided to give a whole ton of stoppage time here. And in the 90th, Nicole makes it 5-0. The Brazilian opens her goal-scoring tally for 21-22. And Priscilla Rinaldi goes in the book at the same time. Uh, for an attempted foul, if I remember correctly, at 90 plus 2. 90 plus 3, it's Beatrice Camiron off the bench. The young midfielder makes it 6-0 to Benfica. I wish this was an aggregate we could carry with us into the next round. Um, and before we're done, 90th plus 4, Valeria does it again. 7-0 Benfica. 
And that is how it finishes. Benfica advanced to the next round. And I'm going to pull it up here. And if you give me just a moment, we'll go to the competition's Wikipedia page because the draw results are there. And uh, we'll see what the matchups look like in the next round. Not just for us, but for for the rest of the competition as well. We are literally, people, one step away now from the first ever UEFA Women's Champions League group stage. They've never done a group stage before. This is historic. Uh, but one thing, UEFA, you got to do. Enough with the virtue signaling, okay? You've got your slogans on your boards. You wear it on your captain's armbands. The inclusion, the equality, that's all great. You got to practice what you preach. You got to put your money where your mouth is. You got to invest 1%, 10% of the fortune you bring in in that UEFA Men's Champions League. Put it into this competition so that we get some reliable telecasts. Produce these matches the way you do the men's tournament. This was an embarrassment from a production standpoint. No offense to Sarajevo SFK 2000, the Bosnian champions who put together all the production of this on their YouTube channel. It shouldn't be their responsibility. It shouldn't fall on them. Uh, Again, had UEFA played this pod at Seychelles, BTV would have produced it and it would have been top-notch. It would have been top notch. All four matches would have been top notch that were played. Instead, they you know they played this in Sarajevo, and they don't give them any type of a you know any type of support in, in production. No, UEFA, you need to take production, create a world feed, and send it out. It's going to cost you some money, but it's worth it. Show that you're dedicated to actual equality. One thing that pisses me off is people who think equality is just a slogan. They think it's just a sign or a flag or it's a tweet or a filter or, a, or a, a picture on your profile on social media. That's not how it's done. Put your resources, put your time, put your efforts into actually achieving that. You can start by putting the UEFA production quality that you already have into this competition as well. Okay, you do it in the later stages. You can do it in these early stages, in these first stages. These players deserve that. They have qualified for this competition, which is the top club competition for women's football in the entire world. This is the top in the entire world. And you leave it up to somebody to record this on a camcorder, basically, on a handheld, it almost seems. One camera, that's all you had. That is... Unacceptable in my opinion, my humble opinion. That is unacceptable. I've done production of of matches before. I did it when I was a student in school. I put together better broadcasts than that with two cameras. Even I had two cameras, for crying out loud. Okay? Even I had two cameras with no funds. When I was in the USL PDL, we had no money. We live-streamed all our matches, and they came out better than that. Okay? We had commentators. UEFA put a world feed. You can use YouTube. That's not the problem. But give it that UEFA production quality. Okay. I'm going to put up on the screen now for those of you watching. Those of you listening, I'll just read it to you. But I am going to show you right now what the draw looks like for the next round of this Champions League. Okay. And it is round two. And you can see uh, it says the draw for round two was held on the 22nd, August 2021. Central at uh, 13 hours, thir- uh, Central European Standard Time. First legs will be played between uh, August 31st and September 1st. Second legs a- between the 8th and 9th of September. And the winners advance to the 16-team group stage, which already have four teams in it. So, um, Barcelona, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, Bayern Munich and Chelsea already in the group stage. So my get, if my math is right, we're going to get 12 more teams out of this next round to join them. So in the champions path right here, which is our path, uh, here are the matchups, the seven matchups in the in that path. So we have here seven and five. That is 12, yes. So 12, 12 teams will advance and join 
the four teams already in the group stage. So in the first matchup, it's going to be Sparta Prague taking on uh, Koj of Denmark. Ozijek of Croatia will take on Breoblik of Iceland. Vilznia of Albania will take on Juventus, obviously, of Italy. And here's our matchup, everybody. FC Twente of the Netherlands, one of the big women's football nations. We couldn't avoid everybody. We didn't get we didn't get Chelsea like we did last year at this stage. Last year this was the round of 32. We didn't get Chelsea this time, so we're better. The opponent's not quite at that astronomical of a level. They're even though I'm sure they're very good, they do not have the wage bill Chelsea has. Okay, they don't have the same financial investment. There's no way because Chelsea invested a fortune in that team last year. So, Twente versus Benfica. First leg in, in the Netherlands. Second leg at the Seychelles. You see that first leg is going to be August the 31st, next Tuesday. Okay, and then on September the 9th, two weeks later. Uh, or is it one week later? It might be one week later. But anyhow, it is. <laughs> in the second leg will be at Seychelles. Big, big test for Benfica. And let me tell you, I think it's an achievable thing. I think it's fair enough. To dream, it's fair enough to hope. I'm not going to say expect. Okay, I would put the Dutch side above us as just on experience and just on the quality and the level of the league they play in versus ours with all due respect to our league. Um, I do think that this is something we could pull this off. The first leg is going to be vital in the Netherlands. I hope there's supporters and I hope the Portuguese Dutch community, the expat community, Comes out and supports Benfica in this match. Okay, I know there's fans there. I have listeners in the Netherlands. I know this. I see my own analytics. I know I have listeners and viewers and readers from MrBenfica.com on uh, from the Netherlands. Guys, get to this match. Support these girls. Support Benfica. This is huge. If we can get into the group stage of the Champions League, we're one of the best 16 in Europe, how quick, no one expected an ascend that quick from this team. This club, you know, only founded this department, this women's football team, a little over, through. we've only played three seasons, and one of them was cut short due to COVID. And here we are on the verge of the UEFA Champions League group stage. This is huge. And... I think this team has enough quality. I've now watched enough women's football to know that these players are as good as we think they are. There, There is a lot of quality there. we got Brazil internationals, a Canada international, Portuguese internationals. We have the core of the next generation of Portuguese, of the Portuguese national team. We have a slew of, of girls with, with experience playing for Brazil. We have a Nigerian international, okay? We have... We have a player like Pauleta that if she was from anywhere but Spain, she would be in their national team. Spain, one of the very strong national teams right now. Uh, very, very strong team, and I think we really can give it a go here and put ourselves among the real titans, the real sharks, if you will, in women European women's football. I'm pulling for you, girls. I know you can do it. I know either way this team is going to make us proud. They always have. They have always put their best foot forward, and they have always left it all out there. Because I talked about this last year when they lost to Chelsea, when they lost both legs. You know, by lopsided scores, they still made us proud in those matches. They played hard. They played smart. You know, they were just overmatched. But again, this year we've got Lele in goal. We've got a goalkeeper at that level. We have a Champions League level goalkeeper, a Brazil international some say she should be Brazil's number one. She's definitely the backup. Okay, we have a very good opportunity here to make some history. The rest of the champions' path: Apunyan Limasol of Cyprus taking on Karakiv of the Ukraine, while Servet Chinwa of Switzerland take on Glasgow City, the seemingly always champions of Scottish football. It's about time the old firm get involved and invest in their women's teams. This Glasgow City, which is a women's only club and was founded specifically to be that, 
um, has been champion for quite some time. I remember seeing them all the time in this competition. And Norwegian champions uh, Valer- Valerenga take on Swedish champions BK Hakken. That is the champion's path. Now in the league path, just like in the men, it's the league path. These are runners-ups from the top leagues. It is even runners-up in some third places. Be glad we are in this path and not in we are in the champions path and not in the league path. I mean there there are some heavyweights here, none bigger than the perennial powerhouse. Yes, they did not win the UEFA Champions League or the UEFA Women's Champions League last season, but they had won the previous seven. Uh, and I'm talking about Leon. They draw a Spanish side Levante. First leg in Spain on September the first. Second leg in France on the eighth of September. A WSL side. Third, I believe they were the third place finishers last season. Arsenal take on the Czech side Slavia Prague. Again, the first leg in London on the 31st of August. Second leg in Prague on the 9th of September. How about this one? This is one. I hope this is available on television. Or at least on CBS. Is, um, on uh, Paramount Plus here in the United States. Wherever the Women's Champions League is streamed. They need to put... This is a massive matchup. Look at that. These are two giant brands that are investing in this game. Investing in women's football. I love to see it. They're helping. They're doing their part to grow the game. Real Madrid versus Manchester City. You don't get more recognizable than that in this tournament. That is mouthwatering. Uh, the first leg is in Madrid. The second leg in Manchester on the 8th of September. Uh, another perennial powerhouse from Germany that, that is usually in the last four of this competition. It's Wolfsburg. They're taking on uh, the third place side from France, Bordeaux. And the final matchup in the league path is the Swedish runner-up, Rosengard. They're taking on the third-place side from Germany, 1899 Offenheim. All right, my friends. That is this segment, and that is episode 102 if you're listening on the podcast. Thank you for listening if you're watching live. Thank you for sticking with me, and I will be back shortly. Uh, with episode 122, and uh, and that is, of course, a breakdown of this weekend's Benfica match versus uh, Gilles Vicente in the Liga B win, um, Liga Portugal B win. All right, so we now know. Also, to close up this, actually, to close up this segment, let's take a look at what's coming up for Benfica in the, in the immediate future. In addition to that match, they have the Portuguese Super Cup match, which I'm going to try real quick here. And get a date on for you. Sofa score doesn't have it up. Valdemar talked about this on the broadcast. Okay. And the Federation's playing funny games like they usually do. It's all about money for them. They, they're able to sell some tickets, I think. The Super Cup's going to be played in the Gestil in in Lisbon. You know, the home of the real Bolognese. Not of Bisad. The real Bolognese. And the problem with having the Super Cup this year is that the Portuguese Cup was canceled last season. I didn't get to this because it happened after the season ended. The Portuguese Cup was canceled at the round of 32, I want to say. Okay? So there is no Cup winner to go into this into this uh, Super Cup. However, last season, during the, the calendar of last season, in January of 2021, we crowned the winner of the Portuguese Cup 2020. If you remember, and I think you do, that Benfica were in that final and we were beaten. And beaten well by a strong Sporting Braga side. Okay? Shout out to Dave Preda if you're watching or if you're listening. Shout out to you. You're you're um usually you know, you're you're a great supporter to have and I, I always love your feedback and again I have so much respect for Sporting Braga as a club. And they won that cup. Their women's team won the 2020 Cup. There was no Super Cup played last season because there was no champion from 2020. You follow me? There was a Cup winner in 2020, but no champion. The reverse is true of 21. Of 21. In 2020, 2021, there was a champion, but no Cup winner because the Cup was canceled. Why they couldn't pick it up this season and crown a Cup winner in the first half of this season and then do the new Cup in the second half of this season beats me. 
Maybe the teams that are in it just can't feel teams right now. I don't know what the state of amateur football is in Portugal right now, amateur women's football especially. But um, there was so there should be nobody to play against Benfica in this women's Super Cup match. But leave it to the leave it to the federation not to invite the 2020 winner who didn't get their opportunity to play in a Super Cup. No, they they give it to Sporting, Sporting Lisboa, Sporting Club Portugal. The team that lost the title on the final day of the Liga BPI. The team who then fired their manager and released half their team, released half of their Portugal internationals. Yeah, Ana Capita. She she just got released again by PSV, by the way. we were, Last time we saw her, she was flipping Benfica the bird on her way off the pitch. Moments before we lifted that trophy and won the Liga BPI. So... The FPF, in their wisdom, say, let's make a Clásico, right? Because these teams don't play each other enough. Let's just give that spot to Sporting, who didn't earn it. So I'm looking it up right now. FPF, Super Tasa Femenino. And uh, I know it's. they talked about it. And I got to say that that is absolute garbage from the FPF. It really... Sh- here it is. So the... It's Befica versus Sporting. And let's see if we have a date for it yet. On Saturday, August the 28th. Okay, so this coming Saturday. Uh, which sucks for me because I'm traveling home Saturday. I'm going to be on the road this week. So the DVR is going to be rolling, no doubt. Um, hopefully BTV covers it because I can't DVR uh, I can't DVR Canalons. That option's not available in their app. But uh, Saturday... August the 28th, we got Benfica versus Sporting at the Gestil. And it is the Super Cup that Sporting did not even earn a place in. So, what do I think about that? Real quick, I'm going to I'm gonna preview that for you. I think Benfica's coming out with their strongest lineup. Okay, we're going to see this team that played against, um, against Racing Union here. Okay, we're going to see Lele. We're going to see Catarina Amado. We're going to see the usual center-back pairing of Carol and, Sil- and uh, Silvia. We're going to see Lucia Alves on the on the right. Okay, the midfield is going to be uh it's going to be Pauleta, Ana Vitoria and Andrea Faria in my opinion with with Kika, Chloe and either Nicole or or Valeria. It might be Valeria. She's in better she's in better form right now. Sporting was gutted. Okay, you're not going to recognize some of the names. They have had to promote from within. They brought up the B team manager. Okay, the Sporting B coach is the new manager. Susana Kova was sacked. Um, again, Inish Preda, they're all their port. She was let go. Maybe they've resigned some of these players since then. But Inish Preda, the goalkeeper, let go. Um, uh, I believe Ana Borges was let go. Uh, Nima Jankovic, the captain, let go. All these players were released, rescinded. All of these contracts were rescinded. Ana Capita, at this point, is a free agent. If I'm not mistaken, Ana Borges is out as well. Um, and Fatima Pinto and Andrea Pinto, I think they're all gone. Some of them may have come back now, but I'm pretty sure that they were all released of their contracts, all rescinded. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I expect Benfica to put a hurting on Spartan. I expect them to stomp them. I mean, Sporting's gone out and made a few signings, but I expect Benfica to stomp them on Saturday and send the message early. Now, that said, last year they stomped us in the beginning of the season, remember, with a 3-0 thumping at at the uh, Tapadinha. Okay, they came into the Tapadinha in the first phase, in the qualification phase, and they annihilated us. Okay, Ana Capeta and Raquel, and Raquel Fernandes specifically, Buried us. Okay, they scored at we lost three nil. Second time we played them, we lost one nil, but we were much better. Okay, um, the third time we beat them in the League Cup final. That's one cup that did complete last year, and the fourth time was the historic three nil thumping we gave them in Alvalade at the end of the season, and I'm still, I'm still beaming from ear to ear about that one. So I'm looking forward to that match. Like I said, I'll have that DVR rolling, and I'll be covering that match for you at some point uh, next weekend, okay? Now I'm going to take the break here. And for those of you listening to the audio form on the podcast, thank you for 
for joining me tonight. Uh, I'll be back with episode 122. If you're watching the live feed, it's coming your way right now because this is a double episode. But if you're listening to the podcast, uh, don't forget www.mrbenfica.com. Okay, go there. Check it out. All the episodes are there. Videos are there. Check it out. I'm going to start doing some write-ups again. Um, hopefully, my work schedule slows down. I'm now officially on vacation. I'm on holiday from an, about an hour ago or when I started this show until Tuesday the 31st. So, yeah, that's all I get, people. Those of you outside the United States, after five years in one company and ten in the other, that is my vacation this year, one week, a Tuesday to a Tuesday. So I'm going to make the most of it. I'm getting in the car Wednesday. I am putting my little guy in the back seat, and we are going down the coast. We're going to Virginia Beach. I can't wait. So I'm, I'm psyched that the men's team is playing Tuesday and not Wednesday. Um, however, I'm, I'm dumb enough to have forgot that for a moment, and I scheduled my rental car pickup for 5 p.m. my time, which is right about the time that <laughs> that extra time would be kicking off should uh, that match go to extra time, which is a very likely possibility because, well, away goals no longer exist in UEFA competition. Um, so Benfica can't just go try to score two goals and basically, you know, advance. So Benfica uh, tomorrow will have to either draw or win. But enough said. That's going to do it for this uh, Mr. Benfica episode 121 dedicated to, of course, the ladies, the women's football team, my favorite women's football team on planet Earth. And everybody knows I am the number one Benfica women's football fan in the United States. Uh, and I wear that with the badge of honor. Thank you for joining me. I will be back in a little bit. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, it may already be in your player. If you're watching live, it'll be uh, on your stream very soon. Uh, but one episode 122 is coming right up but thank you for joining me this is the mr mike agustino don't forget to follow me on twitter at m-i-k-e-a-g-o-s-t-i-n-h-o that's right at mike agustino and follow the show on twitter at benfica mr also you feel free to hit me up on instagram at mr benfica and at m agustino 20 that's at m-a-g-o-s-t-i-n-h-o two zero uh, with any feedback, I always love hearing from you guys. Thank you, everybody. Uh, check out www.mrbenfica.com. Tuesday, Tuesday, August 24th, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm announcing it here. Uh, join me for a live pregame show before Benfica take on PSV in the UEFA Champions League uh, playoff round to try to get into the group stage. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for joining, and I'll catch you next time here on Mr. Befica on the PTB Media Network.